Welcome to the Food Professor Podcast, episode 27. I'm Michael LeBlanc. And I'm Sylvain Chalabois. The Food Professor is brought to you by Omnovos, the digital customer engagement solution for grocery and restaurant marketers, helping you deliver personalized and segmented experiences at scale. Find out how you can get personal and grow sales by making every customer interaction count with Omnovos at www.realcustomerengagement.com. All right, so man, welcome. We've got lots of meaty things, or should I say cheesy? We're going to get to that uh, NAFTA, or should I say the USMCA thing that's, that's just right. been uh, happening this week. We'll get to that. Uh, we've got a great guest, uh, one of the finalists from Canadian Grand Prix, Suresh Kola from Nutramilts. Interesting story of an entrepreneur who took five years of science, 25 years background to create a, you know, I thought everything that could be done in vitamin category had been done, but it turns out these no, tablets yeah. kind of melt on your mouth. It's a really interesting story. Um, so have you, have, we'll you talk tried about the, have you tried them? No, I no. haven't. They're, ve- they're very new at, you know, in the Canadian Grand Prix Awards, which we're a proud sponsor of. Um, the products have to be introduced in the calendar year prior. So uh, I haven't. I hadn't heard of the product. This is another great thing about the Canadian Grand Prix process. Everybody, including the trade, gets to hear about products maybe they haven't seen before. Um, so no, I haven't tried it. But the description is really cool because, as you'll hear, its bioavailability is really great. In a, Suresh gives me this example of iron pills, which for some, you know, they upset your stomach and they go through the kidney before Absolutely. they get to the bloodstream. Yeah. In his formulation that just melts instantly on the tongue, apparently, uh, it's bioavailable and doesn't pass through any of that stuff. So Your you get the iron. Absorbs, absorbs the vitamins much more quickly. Yeah. yeah, so much more quickly and directly, which I didn't think about, you know, and there's less um, binders and there's less additives, you know, if you're going to make a pill kind of thing. Anyway, so really interesting story. Uh, and we'll get to that interview a bit later. And reminder to all the viewers or listeners, uh, we're putting out lots of great bonus episodes uh, from Canadian Grand Prix finalists. So check those out. They're all available, and uh, we'll have more of those to come. So lots of great interviews uh, yeah, to come. Yeah, the last one with, uh, with uh, Tatiana Bossy mm. was amazing on vegan butter. Yeah, great, great listen. Yeah, you know, and it, that's not fun, right? I mean, I know you, you share my excitement and enjoyment of this, listening to these entrepreneurs and, you know, hey, why can't we make a vegan butter? And, and this whips together this concoction of great product that comes in the vegan butter. So, you know, and the chips, we, we did hard bite chips from Vancouver. That's um, right. Yeah. The only downside to that, Sylvain, was I had to go out and buy a bunch of those chips to try after, <laughs> after the interview. <laughs> And I can tell you, they are delicious chips. Like, well, if you that's, that's I, the thing about these episodes. You want to try new products that you're not acquainted with. So it's great. That's innovation. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great to see so much innovation happening. It's, it's also great to celebrate that innovation as well. Yeah. Well, and it really brings to life our brand, what we do here, right? We talk about innovation, but bringing these folks on, whether it's an interview or bonus episode, is really kind of living you know, living the brand, so to speak, and living our values of supporting that. So anyway, it's all great. Uh, let's get into some stuff. So latest research, let's start with the latest research from the lab on the future of the grocery industry. Um, lots of things to unpack out of that, as always. I think it was done with your folks at Cattle, right? Yeah, uh, that's Cattle right. Research. Yeah. Um, and as always, like 10,000 respondents. So this isn't like a random sample of a couple, a couple hundred people. Like it's a big, big sample, which always impresses me about 
about the sample. So a couple of big learnings out of that that I saw, and the media seems to be picking up particularly on the whole self-serve, uh, self-checkout angle. Let's get to that a bit. Yeah. Let's get to that a bit later because that's an interesting an interesting uh, element of, of retail, not new, but interesting. So well, what give we me the- did basically about a month ago, uh, Cattle and our lab sat down and we wanted to take stock about like about the grocery business. Uh, so we looked at the last 16, 17 months and, and try to understand what it what it all means for the future for for mm. grocers and it's it's strictly retail we didn't look at service at all just retail so we looked at different things that we think could change and we basically went back to canadians and asked them about loyalty programs physical distancing self checkouts uh, where you're shopping have you changed where you're shopping uh, things are going to be looking for, uh, local foods. I mean, we actually surveyed a lot of people about a lot of different things. That's why yeah, yeah, yeah. when you got the report, you probably felt this is a potpourri of a lot of different things, which is exactly what it is. Well, let's, let's bring this all back to this study before we move on the study. Let's talk about self-serve. So self-serve, nothing new. Technology has been yeah. around 20, 25 years uh, adoption plus or minus. I mean, some there's there's two schools of thought, right? Like uh, some people love it. A third of people love it. A third of people use it occasionally. It's not great for a lot of items in your basket, but there's nothing better for a quick checkout. Sometimes you hear uh, people say, I think it's taking jobs away from other people, checkout jobs. But I know when I talk to retailers, particularly grocers, they say, listen, I, I, I'm not changing my labor I'm moving them to be more value added. Wouldn't you want someone in the cheese section? Exactly. To help you? Yeah, yeah, you're repurposing your human capital or, or your employees, and, and and I do like a lot of Canadians actually do think that uh, self checkout lanes are job killers. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's mm-hmm. an invitation for the industry to change its method or its approach to managing people. Uh, I mean, we. In agri-food in general in Canada, we're very dependent on labor, uh, not as much on capital. And it should be the other way around. When you look at nations like the Netherlands and Germany, and there's more focus on capital and capital investments, which eventually makes human capital or employees much more valuable, as you just said. Uh, They actually can add value to your own model by utilizing data by using predictive analytics and these are the things we need more in the grocery business not less so instead of actually having people bagging things you're basically asking people to predict what is going to go into those bags at what time of day quantities what are the combinations that we're looking at over the next few days so inventory management practices can change can adapt the way you design your store will also change as well to make everything more efficient. And frankly, for consumers, it makes the grocery experience much better. So the self-checkout debate I really enjoy because it goes, I think, at the core of this of this dilemma, this debate between mm. human and humans and machine. So did you perceive from the output of the research that attitudes, perceptions, use has changed because of COVID? Do you think COVID's been a catalyst or a, an accelerator to adoption? What, what did you learn? 
Yeah. So the uh, so when we sat down with cattle to design this uh, this report, so we went out to field and and immediately when I got the results, I th- I saw results related to self checkouts and I thought, well, this is interesting, which is why. Mm. It became the teaser to the report, which is why you're okay. hearing about such checkouts right now. <laughs> we have seen a change because I remember back in 2019 uh, when we started to survey Canadians on this issue, the younger generations were always on board. The older generations, though, about 15% of Canadians over the age of 55 uh, actually embraced the existence of self-checkout lanes. Mm. Hmm. Uh, the younger generation was about 40%. Now today, if you combine all demographic groups right now, if you're, if you give a choice to a Canadian, no matter what age they are, uh, they'll look at both the cashier and the self checkout line equally as an option to exit as soon as possible. Now, depending on how many items they have, if they have five or 10, they'll probably be inclined to use self checkout lanes Given the technology, which has been, let's be honest, a nightmare <laughs> compared to like ATMs and banking. I mean, yeah. they figured out like 30 years ago how to make the experience seamless. But in, in, a, in a grocery store, there's always something that goes wrong. Something actually happens which requires some assistance. And it seemed almost by design just to make sure that people – appreciate that there's something somebody employed to support people using self-checkout lanes. It's, the it's, pandemic it's, has actually pushed people to consider self-checkout lanes because frankly, they want to reduce the amount of risk they're supposed yeah. to. Yeah. The interaction and, and they want to get out as soon as possible. And, and that's yeah. why I think self-checkout lanes have gained currency. And if you look around the country, some stores actually have gotten rid uh, – stores that have gotten rid of self-checkout lanes have, are putting them back in again. And yeah. some are actually adding more. Why? Because people are using them more often now. Well, I think uh, whether it's attitudinal or just trial, in other words, a lot of people kind of shied away. If you hadn't used it, you shied away. You said, oh, it's too complicated. And you're like, okay, during the COVID era – I'm going to keep the employee safe, keep myself safe. I'm going to try it. And, you know, sometimes trial generates use, right? It forms a yeah. habit. Um, I, I had a, I interviewed the, uh, the president of NCR, you know, the big uh, old national cash register, but yes. uh, NCR, and they make ATMs and they make, they own the lion's share of the global self-checkout. And I said, why aren't we farther ahead? Like the technology isn't dramatically different than when I exactly. first got into retail. Yeah. And, and there's a bunch of reasons for it. I think they were betting a little too much on uh, RFID, you know, just scan the basket and, and go. And speaking of go, of course, Amazon has their their go uh, fresh format, which is all camera based for, for self checkouts. It's pretty cool. We have our baskets. Anyway, the, the short answer is that's what they're working on, right? More like uh, camera vision that can see everything going by. So you don't have to swipe everything. And it gets yeah. around what you're saying, you know, the, 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 the tag missing from the apple that you're buying, right? That's where everything goes south, right? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's a great study, and I'll post a link to it on the uh, – is it available now on the site, on it, your Dell it site? Is, it is available uh, on our website. And, uh, I mean, there's there's lots uh, in this lots report. In oh. yeah, we, yeah, we look at local. We look at uh, distances you're willing to travel. 25% of Canadians have actually changed where they grocery shop. That's one in four, Michael. That's a lot, like Like in 16 months. Are you kidding me? Like like grocers would 
would you know sell their kidney for one percent of share of change now we're talking 25 percent of changes yeah and StatScan just last week told us that i mean the the sales uh, uh, for grocery stores are uh, are going down uh, for the third month in a row so you can see things are tightening up and it's going to become more competitive and 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 in order to keep your market share in order to keep uh, the same amount of traffic in your store, you're going to have to make sure that people feel safe. And one way to do it is to actually make sure that they have options as they exit the grocery store, which is, yeah. by the way, Michael, the worst uh, managed portion of the grocery experience ever in the history <laughs> is it, that exit strategy. I mean, it's still yeah. a work in progress. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about uh, you know the you, all the more things change, the more they stay the same. So our friends in the U.S., uh, you know, they're cheesed off. They're going after dairy. Yes. On the one side, this is how the process is supposed to work. They file a grievance. Thank goodness we have a NAFTA or a USMCA or actually COSMA. Thank we you, have a, Donald Trump. <laughs> well, it, we have a grievance process and, you know, uh, we negotiated a pretty good deal, right? Uh, so they're complaining. I think they're complaining that we're not honoring the spirit of opening up the market. Is Have I got that right? Well, so, I mean, what's, what's happening? So we've opened up our borders uh, to more dairy products coming from the U.S., uh, which is fine, but it's like anything. It's when things get operationalized that you, you get to see the problems. And so if you wanted to import products, so who actually, who does import these dairy products from the United States? Well, licenses were, it was the responsibility of the Canadian government to license companies uh, so they can actually uh, have the right to buy products from the U.S., uh, and enter the Canadian market. What was decided in Canada, of course, to protect uh, dairy farmers and and because and a lot of dairy farmers are, are owners of dairy processors, most of the licenses to import products in the U.S. were given to dairy processors. And so companies like Loblaws and Sobeys are a little upset because they want to sell high-end cheese. They want to sell different cheeses. But they what, don't have quota. They don't have enough quota to do it, right? That's that, right. That's but what appears to be happening is that processors, and often they're in conflict because they are owned by dairy farmers themselves, mm. uh, are importing not so great cheese to be sold to Canadians uh, to perhaps allow Canadians to consider better Canadian cheese. And, and of course, a lot of our cheeses uh, are great, uh, great products, but not all of them. And I think consumers will want more variety, not less. That's why we sign these trade deals. So the how the system actually has functioned is not necessarily working well for for consumers. That seems to be the problem, mm. and which is what the Americans are contesting right now. Okay, so that's that's uh, we'll keep an eye on that. That's the Biden government doing what they're doing. And there's other files that are you know, this pipeline disagreement, uh, softwood lumber. So uh, trade agreements uh, continue apace. It's not like the Biden administration doesn't have a lot of things on its plate. But uh, no, what I think may happen, I mean, we may actually uh, Canada may actually be forced to recalibrate uh, how licenses are given internally. And I suspect Mm -hmm. that companies like Loblaws and Sobeys may actually get more licenses so we can get more choices. Now, uh, will prices drop <laughs> for us? It's will more choice get than cheaper. It, probably uh, not. Right? No, 
I don't think so. It's more about choice and variety more more so than anything else. Well, all right, let's take a break from this week's uh, past week's news and let's bring on our guest Sheres Cola from Nutrimilts and let's hear all about his uh, Canadian Grand Prix finalist product. Uh, let's hear from him now. Suresh, welcome to the Food Professor Podcast. Oh, How are you, you doing so. this afternoon? Well, thank you for coming on and congratulations for becoming a finalist in Retail Council of Canada's Canadian Grand Prix Awards. It's great to to make it as far as finalists and I'm excited to hear about your product. Why don't we start at the beginning? Tell me a bit about yourself and and your company and then we'll talk more about uh, your surely. product. And, uh, first of all, thank you for inviting us and um, considering our product. Nutramilch is uh, like, uh, I just briefly tell you about myself and then the company. Uh, my name is Suresh Kola, I'm president of the company uh, with uh, around 25 years of pharmaceutical experience. And uh, coming to the product uh, line and the company, Nutramilch is a, a very innovative uh, supplement uh, natural products mm-hmm. manufacturing company. There is uh, an extensive uh, nearly five years of uh, R&D effort in bringing out the Neutromelt formulations. We are based in Mississauga. About the company, we are, uh, although we are five years old in developing the product, as a company, we established only in one year back. Once we are sure the stability of the product is done and the product is ready to launch, then we registered with Health Canada. And now we have more than 24 products which are currently approved by Health Canada. And we are into uh, Canadian market and also into US market. And we are also expanding to uh, international global market uh, in the maybe in uh, next couple of months. Well, that's yeah, fantastic. Thanks. Congratulations. Tell me about yeah. the product itself, uh, what it does, and, and what yes, makes it uh, different. You, know, you asked me actually one question, that why there is, uh, how does it differ from other products? And uh, coming to the products first, these products are the, developed the concept of ODT, which is called Orally Disintegrating Tablets. This technology is not new. It is already available in the market for certain pharmaceutical products, which really requires very fast absorption. So we extended this technology to supplements category. And even in supplements, you will see in the market few products, but not many products. So we have uh, taken advantage of uh, why not we introduce these products into various range of formulations in supplement category and the natural products category. The advantages of being this product in supplement category is where it can be uh, taken by all age groups. It's good for children. It's good for adults. It's good for geriatric patients. It's good for you know bedridden patients, those who cannot swallow uh, big tablets. And the advantage of this product coming to other supplements, other market available products is that any ODT, when you take on the ta- on the tongue, it's like we give around one to two minutes time for the product to dissolve. And uh, by dissolving within the buccal cavity, mm. the, the product, the medication is directly absorbed into the uh, bloodstream and it does not undergo any first pass metabolism where the generally all other products it, when you take a tablet it is absorbed into the blood and then goes to the liver and then it goes such certain amount of metabolism over there before it goes into the blood so whereas our product when you take the product through buccal cavity it is directly absorbed into the bloodstream and there is uh, 100% bio availability and it is not affected by gastric fluids. And there are products like iron, when people take, there is a lot of mm. gastric irritation. 
So you completely avoid this gastric irritation. Also, this has got uh, people who cannot swallow large pills, and you don't have to take uh, with water. Let me tell you, that's me. I, I don't, I, I don't take a lot of supplements. Not because I have anything to say about supplements, but because yeah. I hate pills. I love your product. Yeah. I love the idea. So I, I didn't understand though that the bioavailability mm, was so exactly. interesting. In other words, you know, as you say, for iron pills, they uh, they can upset your stomach. So this bypasses yes, exactly. all of that product comes with uh, all natural uh, ingredients but there are no colors added and there are no sugars it's zero calories so it is good for all uh, categories of patients and uh, it has no preservatives and uh, it contains only natural flavors and it's very pleasing in the mouth and it does not leave any aftertaste the only disadvantage of this products, I cannot say only everything is advantage. There, it has a certain disadvantage. Only disadvantage of this product mm. is that it is hygroscopic in nature. You also, it requires a special packing. So that's why it is a primitive product compared to other regularly available mm. products. They come in a bottles. They come in an open uh, uh, bottle or maybe in uh, some other forms of shache. Uh, but our product comes in a blister pack, which is a specially designed packing material which prevents uh, moisture absorption. Hmm. So each tablet is like a protected within the cavities of the blister uh, packing. So only you take one tablet, the rest of the product is intact. It's almost like you read my mind because I was going to ask the next question about shelf life and and stability and and that kind of thing. Interesting. What what is it? Is there a shelf? There's probably an expiry on it. We have done extensive stability study program on this product. Uh, not only in Canada, because it has subjected to stability study program in various parts of the world. Uh, we have sent it to Africa, we sent it to Asia, we have sent it to um, American market, we sent it to Europe. So in different locations, we actually we conduct the stability studies. So And then uh, we arrived initially for a two years uh, shelf life, we gave the product. Uh, we expect the product does not last that long on the shelf. So that's uh, the usual flavor of the product, and it's uh, quite stable for two years period. Suresh, when you went and took your product out to show retailers, I guess they were thinking, well, I've got pills, and I've got gummies, and I've got a few liquid. What was the reception? What did they think of, of your uh, product? Yes, um, actually, all retailers are very excited uh, to see our product um, because it's something new. It's not in the market it's ODT is not, as I mentioned earlier, ODT is not a new concept. It is an old concept. Uh, but in supplement business, in supplement line, this is definitely a relatively mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. We have products like um, uh, vitamin B12 and melatonin. Very One or two formulations are currently available in ODTs, but not the range what we have. We have created more than 25 products. And which is um, you can find in the shelf a lot of uh, these uh, in supplement category. They are not available in this type of uh, dosage form. Mm-hmm. And uh, the advantage they were also very interested because it can be used for children to adults to patients to geriatric people to any very old age groups in all yeah. uh, range people we can give. Yeah. And another thing is when we give supplements, we don't dose with high. Uh, high uh, doses of uh, vitamins inside we give a recommended daily allowance what is needed by for a, a person as recommended by who 
we see that if vitamin B12 is needed only 1000 mcg a day, why do you need 10,000 or 15,000 mcg or in vitamin B1, B6, B12? So mm. we make it which is relatively uh, uh, close to um, RDA, a little bit higher than RDA, so that because it has a very fast absorption, 100% bioavailable, so we make it um, you know, very uh, you know acceptable uh, doses forms to every age group. You said it took uh, five years of developing. Now, why why do you think you got there first? Is it because you got the experience and expertise to get there ahead? Did you see kind of around a corner? Did you see a demand for this market uh, that no one else was paying attention to? Why why do you think? Yes, um, exactly. It's a good mm. question because um, when we wanted to go into uh, this particular doses form, uh, like we see what is lacking in the current supplement business. We just don't want to go with already enough products in the market. We don't want to go with a similar line of product. Sure. So, uh, what is what is not currently available, and how we can bring out something new and which can be more advantageous in a doses form, but in some form where it can be beneficial to all age groups. Mm. So then we come out with this formula. Of, um, so it took so long because it is not easy to make a, a tablet into a, just a ODT, all type of formulations, sure. because it it works with the, the principle of drawing water into the tablet. When you keep the tablet on the tongue, it draws water. Mm. So that's why it melts easily. So if I just keep the tablet outside for around a few hours, it, it takes some moisture, uh, uh, moisture from the air and mm-hmm. uh, you will see the tablet uh, becomes a little bit, uh, 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 you know, uh, it's a uh, fragile-like thing. So we, we don't want to uh, create something which is, uh, you know, which is uh, not accepted by everyone. So we, right. we it took some time for us to develop where uh, how to prevent that hygroscopic nature of the product. Mm. And and that and that also ties into why the packaging was so important, right? Exactly. So we created a, a packaging which is uh, called Eclair material, which is um, uh, which does not absorb any moisture. Uh, it's uh, one side is aluminium, one other side is Eclair material. Mm. So which is um, pharmaceutical. Generally, they use it for high yield pharmaceutical products. This uh, this particular packing material. Uh, but we have used it, uh, you know, that concept into, uh, you know, uh, our formulations. All right. So last question for you. You know, mm-hmm. you've been on a five-year journey. The company is one year old. You've gone to market. What what lessons did you learn along the way? What surprised you? What was, you know, was, was some things easier or harder? Uh, you know, getting it to market and and share some of those with us. Yes, it was harder for us because when we started, we thought it's going to be easy the concept, <laughs> uh, but it was not easy. Yeah. You won't believe we we had uh, developed the product and then we put it in a stability in a regular bottles. What you see, ninety percent of uh, the supplement uh, products uh, sure. are available in bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we started product and we packed them in a bottles and we uh, we put it in the stability and uh, stability is something that you have to wait it doesn't give immediate results right. so we had to wait three months we had to wait six months so within three months we see that there is some degradation in the product uh, appearance. So we had to move to another I thought maybe something wrong with the formulation so we changed the formulation. 
Mm. Uh, it happened almost three to four times. We lost more than one and a half year in the developing that. Wow. Just, uh, only to identify where exactly we are losing. I guess, uh, it's, I guess it's something you just can't rush, right? Exactly. I, mean, I, guess, I guess you can build scientific models that model out stability, yeah. but at the end of the day, you you know, you probably need to experience it firsthand, right? Exactly. So then we went to, I said, okay, since we are planning to launch this globally, so you have to see the product in different areas of uh, mm. uh, different territories. Sure. So we, we changed from bottles to blister pack. Mm. So even in the blister pack, then we put it for another one year stability, not in only in Canada, in US, in Europe, in different territories. Yeah. Good. Challenges in the marketing for us mm. because uh, of the COVID situation last yeah, year, one and a half year. Mm. Um, we tried to go into a market, but we see that uh, there is no traffic to the pharmacies, right? Yeah. There is no traffic anywhere into the pharmacy, any retail stores. So we felt absolutely like uh, time is the, not the right at the moment. Yeah. Uh, then we had uh, insta why to waste time so we went into e-commerce we are into a lot of online uh, uh, websites right now marketing mm-hmm. our product uh, but slowly once the situation becomes yeah. normal we are expecting in the next uh, one or two months uh, we are targeting uh, the chain pharmacies or individual pharmacies uh, sure. in both us and canada uh, congratulations it's quite the journey i mean getting a customer to try something new in yeah. a pharmacy is hard right now, right? People just yeah. want to get in and get out. So uh, I think you're, you're, you're a lot of hard work that's gone into preparing it. So uh, congratulations and, and congratulations again on, on becoming a finalist in Thanks uh, a lot. Thanks a lot. Grand Prix. And thank you for joining me today on uh, the Food Professor podcast. I wish you much continued success. Thank you, sir. Thanks, thanks for accommodating us. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of choice and variety, I'm enjoying a nice uh, coffee today with a bit of oat in it. Oh my goodness! Let's oh. say it together: billions, Oatly, no, ten <laughs> billion billion dollar this market is cap. My God! Like, unbelievable. Like, five years ago, could you have imagined an oat-based beverage company with a ten billion dollar market cap? What's going on here? It's the non-ag money. I mean, all of a sudden, non-ag money. Of course, there's the, there's there's a lot of silliness out in the market right now with Bitcoin, and people are are very very um, they're they're risk on. Uh, they're risk on, and ag has always been seen mm. as a risk on sort of space, right? And that's why there's uh, and commodities are rising. There's a lot of excitement around food because we've been focused a lot. The Western world mm. has been focused a lot on food sure. the last 16, 17 months. So investors are thinking the same way. Uh, and, of course, on the other hand, there's there's some speculation around uh, animal proteins, thinking perhaps more people will move away from animal proteins for a variety of reasons. And so that's why I think the non-ag money is looking into ag. And so... I I mean the number is impressive, ten billion dollars for only, but they actually was they were able to raise that capital in a in a in a nanosecond, which is yeah, really yeah, yeah. impressive. I, I wish we could do the same in Canada. There is some excitement in Canada, but it's still most of Muted. it still comes yeah. from yeah, it's still from agri-food, 
old money in the sector. We don't have a Silicon Valley in Canada, unfortunately. And so that's kind of what's missing right now. I mean, uh, you know, our friend Arlene Dickinson has the same complaint and she starts her fund to invest in food because if you look at where the startup money goes, it's all fintech, financial tech, and it's all uh, B2B tech in Canada, right? right. That's where that they get the lion's share. And and you're right. There's, I mean, even Suresh, our our great... uh, interview today that's right with uh, nutrimelts you know that if if that could be a blockbuster idea um i think it's harder for than easier for them to attract uh, investment speaking of which things are looking up for the vertical farming vertical so to speak 300 million dollars goes into yeah. bowery vertical in the state so clearly uh, whether it's a mix of exactly what you're saying just a lot of money in the market looking for a home with a bit of risk but this is not the first we've seen of vertical farming. It, it, are you thinking that at scale, this could be a thing? This could be bigger, safer? What do you think of vertical farming? Yeah, could it, could I it think be a so. thing? Yeah, we've seen some uh, really great investments in Canada with McCain and, and, and Goodleaf and, and Demers in Quebec. And so there's, there's some millions being poured into vertical farming. And we need more, obviously. But in America, again, when you look at scale, I mean, it's just unbelievable. The McCain-Goodleaf yeah. deal was worth about $30 million. Demers is a $19 million project. Now we're talking 300 million and earlier this year out of Kentucky, there was a project worth, I believe a billion dollars. So you can see that really scalability is still an issue in Canada. We're only 38 million people, but land is cheap here and we have plenty of water. And so we have great resources we can use. And we also have clean energy in many parts of the country. So there's a lot that we can do uh, as a country uh, and, and grow our food autonomy, I guess, and, and perhaps even think about export markets. And, and that's where it all comes back to me is, is we've got all those things you describe in abundance. What we also have in abundance is cold weather. Uh, you know, so, yes. you know, uh, well, you that's, know, that's you, the point. I mean, if you want to get if you want people to buy more local more often, you got to you got to offer them under. local foods all year round. So we can right. get hardwired. We can all become more hardwired to buy and look for local foods. Canes want local. They're willing to pay for local, but we're not hardwired to look for local products because we know that Mother Nature has, yeah. has limitations. Yeah, in Canada, for sure. Yeah, it comes and goes. It's a wonderful time in, this, in, the, in the spring uh, and the summer, but then, you know, over the winter, not so good. All right. Uh, well, let's wrap up the episode. Uh, we got some great guests coming up on future episodes. We've been booking, yeah, working hard. Uh, Michael Graydon. We've got Deanne Breesbaugh. We've got Serge from uh, Metro. So we've got great guests coming up uh, in addition to who we, uh, who we had today. And uh, first of all, let's uh, thank the folks at Omnomovus for being our presenting sponsor. And if you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Or, of course, on our YouTube channel, The Food Professor. Look for The Food Professor podcast on YouTube. Uh, Please rate and review and be sure to recommend to a friend or colleague in the grocery or restaurant or retail industry. I'm Michael Law, producer of the Voice of Retail podcast and a bunch of other stuff. And I'm Sylvain Chalabois. Have a safe week, everyone. Sylvain, talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye.